Welcome to another episode of The Room Podcast, brought to you by NewEnglandMMA.org. Please follow, share, and enjoy the show, starting right now. Wednesday night, we are back in the room podcast. And before I introduce my special guest, I would just like to say, share this, share it everywhere because um, we got a couple of killers on here. Young one, as you see in the picture right now, and uh, a dude that came into uh, hostile territory and uh, won a fight. So we're going to talk to Dan Walsh for us, man. Dan Congratulations, Saturday night, coming away with your first amateur win, your first time in that cage. Uh, dude, you had a few days to soak it in, man. How are you feeling about uh, the event and uh, your performance in there, buddy? No, that was awesome. Um, again, I said on my Facebook post, Instagram post, that whole thing, but that was the best night of my life, and it's not even close to close. Um, cool seeing all my friends. Um, cool doing the fight, too. We fought exactly how I wanted to fight. Um, no real big, uh, big issues. We have to fix all the things, uh, that we want to fix moving forward is small fixes. So, uh, for my first amateur fight, very, very happy with how I fought and obviously seeing all my idiot friends and family in the crowd making a stupid sign and sit. Uh, it was cool. It was really cool. A lot of idiot friends, man. It was like three quarters of, uh, Memorial Hall there, brother. Dude, I didn't, I didn't expect that. I know you had, um, you know, at least seven fighters going in there that were representing uh, um, Lozans in some type of way. And yeah. when you went in there and your name was announced, the I swear to God, the roof, the roof was levitating, man. <laughs> I mean, what was going through your heart and mind at that point when the crowd just, because you were the first MMA fight of the, de- of the night, second fight, first MMA fight. Man, what was going through your head when that crowd exploded on you? Dude, it was nuts. Um, I mean, obviously, I wasn't super processing in the moment, but um, like when I was walking out after I came out and everybody erupted, I couldn't even hear my own walkout music. Not how I imagined it in my head, but very happy. Uh, that's how it turned out. Um, no, it was awesome. And then looking back, being able to soak in the moment, just seeing all my friends and family, um, that was really cool. And I think the reason why I had um, so much noise is a lot of guys from the gym who fought, they got their tickets before I did. So everybody from Lozons, they already bought their tickets from other people. So all the tickets I sold, that's with all my friends and family. I think I sold three to five tickets from the gym. Um, so obviously everybody from the gym is going to support me. And then I had all my um, personal friends and family who were there strictly for me. So I think that's uh, why we made as much noise as we did. Um, yeah. Excellent. Well, I got, some of your, um, I got some of your fight footage here that I'll play. And it, it's you finishing, you know, a little bit of the, the, the fight itself. And then you finishing the fight. And then you just uh, engulfing the crowd love after that finish, man. When After you got that finish and you got up and you just went up to, you know, the front row there and gave them a scream. And then, you know, right to the camera, man. Dude, that was a special moment coming out of uh, the, the, the first card. After the shutdown, man, you represented well. You blew the roof off the place, man. You can't have a better night than that, man. No, it was awesome. Um, yeah, it's such a raw feeling after that fight, after uh, the ref pushes me off. Um, yeah, it was just raw. It was awesome. Um, and it was cool. Like, even, like, 
a very tough fight. Um, he had his moments. I had my moments. And even when he was having his moments getting the better of me, that was the, again, best feeling I've ever had in the world. Um, so to put all the work that I've been putting in for the last five years through wrestling, through boxing, through all my jujitsu, um, to find out that my end goal, which is fighting, which um, to find out that I really love it. And again, I fought a tough fight. The kid's a tough kid. He punches hard. Um, so to find out that I, I love it even in the worst moments um, was really cool. And I, I'm like, I don't know. The last five years, it was all worth it. All the missed parties, all the missed hanging out with friends, all the missed cheeseburgers, beers, that whole thing. Um, it was all worth it. So, uh, dude, um, second going into the second round, I mean, that was a fierce first round. Like you said, he hits hard. You were hitting yeah. hard. Um, melee of punches being thrown, kicks, uh, some, you know, some really great stuff, man, action. Yeah. What was said on that stool? In uh, in between rounds there that you made an adjustments to to get the finish in that fight. Yeah, no, I mean, there, honestly, there wasn't a lot of uh, mid fight adjustments. There was um, a lot of stuff I was saying in my head, um, but when I got to the school, they're like, "Hey, um, you did really well. Let's maybe stay a little bit longer. Um, use use our reach. Continue to use our reach." But um, I mean, it it was awesome. Just keep pushing the pace. Um, felt really good to the school. wasn't trained. wasn't tired. Um, so, yeah, just get into the stool. They're like, hey, just keep doing what you're doing. Um, and um, I, I think I asked, like, hey, how'd that round go? Um, and uh, they gave me a little bit of feedback. But, um, yeah, no, going to the stool. And I, I'm glad I saw the stool in my first fight. <laughs> no, I'm going to be dealing with a minute break in between. And uh, I don't think we slowed down going to the second round, so. Well, um, there was one point in that fight, I don't know if it was the first round or second round, when you started lighting him up. It might have been the first round, and he had to uh, shoot on you, man. Um, and when he did, yeah. that was the second round? Yeah. And that was the beginning to the end right there. Uh, we know your jiu-jitsu game. You and I interviewed uh, a few days before your fight, and you had just won a, a real, real tough tournament, not to, uh, you know, a couple of months prior. So you were getting your jits game uh, going in, you know, you were working on that striking game to get that at first MMA fight. So when it kind of hit the ground, I was like, all right, this is kind of his world. But uh, your opponent is a, a a real good grappling wrestler, tough dude. Um, man, how'd you feel when you hit the ground and you were feeling his, uh, you know, his strength and his wrestling? Because you do come from that background. So it was kind of, uh, what was going through your head at that point? Yeah, I mean, this camp, we knew he was at some point going to try to take me down, put me on my back. And with a tough kid with the wrestling um, that he has, he obviously has a tough pressure game. He throws hard, too. Um, so when I went to the ground, there was a little bit of panic there. That's not where I want to be under uh, under him and uh, having his punches, his power plus gravity. Not a good spot to be. I um, mean, he hit me with some good shots. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't where we wanted um, to be necessarily, but I'm confident in my jiu-jitsu. I feel like I'm a very well-rounded athlete. Um, so, it, again, uh, the way he took me down was an aggressive takedown, hit the hit the mat hard. But um, once I got to the ground, I mean, I, I'm working my game, working what I had to do, and, uh, and it ended up working out. But, well, yeah, really tough kid, really good wrestler. So you don't want to be on the bottom uh, for too long. Yeah, I, I uh, ran into him at the after party, and he was excited. Uh, I mean, he put on a show too, man. There's nothing, yeah. you know, I told him to raise his head. You'll be back in there. Mike loved mm -hmm. him in there. Coming from a great camp, uh, you know, Billy Goff, 
one of his training partners, and we know how tough he is. So, man, uh, it's great to have him in the mix. And, you know, a fight like that, you gained a friend in the MMA community. You know what I mean? 100%. 100%. Ultimate respect for him. We were talking in the cage um, a little bit. We were both a little fired up, so it wasn't... Um, it was friendly cordial, but we didn't get a lot of information um, across. And then um, he had me up on Facebook the day after. We had a really good back and forth. Really respectful kid, really nice kid. Um and again, yeah, comes from a great camp, so I'm sure he'll be back. I'm a big, big fan of him, um, and yeah, a lot, lot of respect um, back and forth, which was cool to see. As you said, yeah, definitely gained a friend. Awesome. Uh, before friend. we talk a little bit about your background and how you got to that cage in yeah. that five years you were talking about, dude, your face looks perfect right now. After the fight, you came back. We got an interview. Uh, your eyes were a little puffy. It was an emotional time. Uh, you know, your gym must have, I mean, come on. You're performing in front of uh, these people that brought you up, and uh, you made them so proud, man. So they were razzing you a little bit in the back about your puffy eyes and stuff, man. Um, talk about that and kind of uh, how proud you made that team. I mean, you, yeah, I mean, you're proud of the team as itself. They had a bunch of great killers in there that come away with wins. But, uh, man, how special is that for you to represent them and uh, perform like that to their to their expectations. No, it was awesome. Um, that's that's my whole goal in this whole thing. Um, obviously, like I'd like to get to the highest level of sport. Um, but at the end of the day, as long as I do the best that I can do, that's that's where I want to be. I want to make my family proud. I want to make my friends proud. My coaches proud. Um, and I think I did that on Saturday night. Um, so that that's what it's all about for me. I mean. We were in the back, and before I even got to your room, I was bawling my eyes out. Um, I've held it together a little bit for your interview, but after I got back in the locker room, too, I was crying. I, Joe had some videos I put up on the Instagram and stuff. But, um, no, a very emotional moment. Um, I've been working for it for a while. I've um, sacrificed some some things to get here. And, uh, again, find out that I truly like the sport, even when Jake was had his best moments. Um yeah, it was just really emotional moment. It was really good. It was both the culmination of all my work and the start of something cool. So, um, lot to take in, especially uh, especially after that. Excellent. Well, let's talk a little bit about the, um, you know, your background, how you got here, and then we'll finish off on uh, where you, where, what's next for you, how how you're looking to stay busy. So, my man, yeah. um, you talked about five years. I know uh, your background in wrestling and. Uh, how'd you get started, man? How did you, uh, you know, how'd you get into the martial arts and the, the passion that you, uh, you have today? Yeah. Um, so at the week after I turned 16, um, I mean, that's when Conor McGregor was doing his whole thing. The sport was getting really big. A lot of eyes were being drawn to the sport. Um, on a few of the podcasts I listened to, they would just talk about, um, fights and that whole thing. I'm like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Um, and yeah, figured like, hey, let's start jujitsu. Like, fighting would be cool one day, but it was like, not obviously. Like, it wasn't <laughs> super realistic at, at least at that point. But I was like, that'd be cool. But I'll do some jujitsu. That'd be cool to learn. So that way, at least when I'm watching fights, I understand what's going on. Um, I started that up in Newton, uh, Boston Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Newton. And then uh, while I was there, they're like, hey, you're still in high school, right? Like, you should wrestle because I, as everybody, or I'm not sure if everybody knows, but um, the way wrestling works, it's to get the best wrestling, it's pretty much at the high school and college level. Um, that's where the wrestling is in the uh, United States. So um, took advantage of that, started wrestling. Um, I think that was my sophomore year, the first year I wrestled uh, high school for Needle High. Um, that off season was doing some club wrestling, was doing some um, 
jujitsu. Um, again, that Boston Brazilian jujitsu Newton. And then uh, one day going into, I believe my junior year, um, Lausanne, I think it was like Thanksgiving or one of the holidays in the fall. Um, they have open mats where on the holidays, anyone can come roll, um, hang out. So I just came by because um, my gym was closed and liked, uh, liked what I saw. A lot of really good rolls. And that was my first time rolling the uh, no gi, actually. Um, all my jiu-jitsu before that was in the gi. But, uh, yeah, I liked what I saw. So I think I signed up uh, a couple weeks after that. Um, then the wrestling season hit. So I did that whole wrestling season going to my junior year. Um, sustained an injury. Uh, midway through my junior year, um, so I couldn't wrestle in the state uh, uh, the sectional tournament to qualify for states uh, my junior year. So after uh, got done with that injury, I was like, hey, I have one year of wrestling guaranteed. Didn't know if I was going to wrestle at college at the time. Um, so I just went uh, full in, all in on wrestling. Um, yeah, did that. Um, once I finished my senior season, uh, finished as a sectional finalist, uh, D1 Central, and then uh, state tournament qualifier. I think I went one and two or two and two at states. Um, kind of had a decision to make. Um, realized, like, I still like jiu-jitsu. Um, I have issues, um, some recurring injuries from wrestling, so I didn't want to go down that path, and I like the freedom that, um, like, doing jiu-jitsu, doing kickboxing, that whole thing gave me. Um, so I made the commitment. I was sort of Stonehill College, which was right across from the old gym, and uh, did that whole thing. But yeah, how I fell into it at Lozon, started wrestling with a bunch of the guys um, who needed wrestling work, um, particularly Randy Costa. Um, started working with him, started doing um, stair workouts with him um, and all the people around him. Um, started doing some kickboxing, started doing jujitsu, and it was like, uh, just kept, kept at it. There we are. And here we are, my friend. And we talked about it uh, in the interview, how, you know, how you know when you're ready and you explain that, you know, it's kind of a team team thing there. And uh, man, you're under the, the, the some of the greatest hands in, in MMA here with Joe Lozon and company, uh, you know, having your back and, uh, you know, letting you know in confidence when it's ready. And man, you, you showed them uh, you are ready Saturday and against a game opponent, man. So, yep. man, let's talk uh, real quick about what's next. I mean, you don't have a mark on your face. You might be a little achy here and there, but uh, I think Cage Titans has a card mid or later August, I, I want to say. Yeah. Um, what's going on with you? Uh, what's, what's next? Uh, how soon you want to get in there? Yeah, um, so ideally, I'd like to get into August, um, but as we were talking before, um, I just started a new job um, in the hospital in my hometown, um, in the emergency department. Um, I have to work a bunch of overnights. Uh, and... <laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, but yeah, I have to work a couple overnights, and with, I, yeah, quite a few overnights until uh, the new schedule comes out. Um, so I don't think August 28th is going to happen. Um, but, uh, start nursing school in the fall, doing that on a part-time basis. Cause I have a bunch of stuff, classes that transfer in. Um, so going to be busy with school. going to be busy with work. Um, still going to find time to train, but, um, hopefully January or, um, June next year when I'm on uh, a little bit of a break from school, hopefully we can get back in there and, um, have another party. Well, so. uh, one last thing before I let you give your shout outs and all this stuff. Um, there's a lot of jujitsu yeah. stuff rolling out. Uh, as we know, that last uh, jujitsu tournament you were in, jujitsu starting to pick up in New England. Yep. In the, as far as mainstream and all that other stuff, uh, are you uh, thinking 
you're going to get in some of those roles to stay busy because they don't take as much uh, audio as, you know, getting ready for uh, an MMA fight. Uh, do you have yeah. time? Do you have time to, you know, enter some of them and have fun? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, that's the plan. I mean, I've been doing jujitsu tournaments for a little bit now. I think it's a really good way to stay active, get the competitive, uh, nerves going. Um, yeah, just a way to stay accountable, uh, keep working towards some stuff, but, I'm definitely going to hop in those. The tournament that I uh, won, I have now free entry to a tournament um, sometime in the fall. Um, I'm not exactly sure the date, but I will be doing that um, for that um, promotion. Um, yeah, so yeah, definitely going to continue to stay active, continue to do um, some jiu-jitsu tournaments and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, that's, that's where we're at right now. So, wish August could happen, but um, with my outside life, it's not compatible right now. Dude, you, you're 20 years old. What, what, what are you going to be, 21 in a, in a week or two? A uh, week to the day. Dude, uh, 20, 20 years old, you got tons of time to uh, build your uh, build your mind, yeah. get your stuff. Um, man, you got, dude, wonderful thing. I mean, you have it. Watching you Saturday night, man, uh, you have it. Your first fight there. <laughs> and man, it was spectacular. The roof came off the place. Um, your, your fan base is through the roof. Dude. Uh, dude, dude, I I have to say, like I, you know, I share shit all the time. Is and uh, you, Connor, Matthews. I mean, the card got so much, uh, so much play. But you guys, uh, people love to watch you, man. Uh, you know, the the Facebook stories, the Instagram stories. I put clips up and just the YouTube. Uh, you know, your your interview after, man. I'm stunned at uh, just the support you got, and I'm very uh, happy that you know it, it's working out for you, and and you have it all. Yeah, dude, it's it's nuts. Um, really good group of friends. Obviously, you saw mo like pretty much all of them on uh, Saturday night. Really good, very supportive family. Um, my dad, my mom are very supportive. Um, I mean, they've given me the work ethic and stuff that required me to get here. Um, my sister too. Um, she's she's a she's a fighter. Um, yeah, she, I don't want to get into it, but she's she's really tough and. Uh, yeah, no, very good, uh, very good support system in my family. Um, very good supportive friends, and uh, yeah, it, like for someone to drop fifty dollars, sixty dollars, those were the tickets I was selling, or even twenty five dollars on the pay per view to put that amount of money. I mean, all my friends work, so that's like, I mean, that's money that could be used for other reasons, and I know how how tough it is to sometimes come around fifteen, sixty, but fifty, yeah. sixty bucks, but. Um, for all of them to put that out, um, when they didn't really know what they were getting, no one really knew what they were getting. None of my friends are super involved in the local MMA scene. Um, they'll watch UFCs and stuff like that, but um, for them to do that, make the trip all the way to Plymouth, make the trip all the way back home, and uh, yeah, just to put that money out, is it's awesome. Very, uh, very lucky. Very, very lucky. You gave them their money's worth, my man, and more, dude, and more. Let me just clarify that. Yeah, it's sixty bucks to get in, but by the time you get out of there, it's another sixty to eighty. So it's more like oh a, yeah, oh they racked up quite a, uh, quite a bucket. <laughs> so so anyway, my friend, um, I put a meme out the next day when my eyes bugged out because I was looking at my bank account after the weekend. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so my man, uh, pleasure talking to you again, and uh, we'll catch up. I'm, I'm sure I'm gonna be seeing you on one of the um one of the the tournament roles there but i'll be seeing you in um in august anyway i know there'll be some lozon training partners of yours fighting on that card and we'll be able to yeah. uh hang out and uh you know 
you'll be 21 that time. Maybe I can buy you a beer if that's something you do now and then. But if you don't, yeah. it's all good. But uh, last thing, my friend, shout outs and uh, social media, and I'll let you get going. And um, and man, pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, shout outs to obviously my mom, dad, sister, um, all my family who came out, all my friends who came out. Um, I mean, I sold a ton of pay-per-views as well. Um, so yeah, really good support system across the board. Obviously, thanks to my coaches, everybody, all the training partners at Lozons. Um, for my coaches specifically, Joel Lozon, who's in my corner, Andy Ilo, who's in my corner. Um, he helped me with my boxing this past year, um, which obviously obviously worked out. Um, my wrestling coach, Chad Lewis, I've been working with him since high school. Um, he was a huge part of this camp, um, just filling in the little wrestling things. Um, yeah, just getting some drill stuff. Um, but yeah, they were obviously super, super helpful. And again, all the people at Lozons, there are far too many people to name. I, I don't want to keep naming people because I know I'm going to forget <laughs> someone. But um, yeah, and then, yeah, again, all my friends, family, that whole thing. Um, Instagram, Dan Walsh MMA. Um, Facebook is Dan Walsh. Um, if you're somehow connected to the New England MMA scene, you'll be able to find me. And uh, yeah, no, very, uh, very lucky, very happy. And um, feeling good. Very, very well spoken too, my man. Um, you hit, you're hitting on all cylinders and uh, proud of your kid. It was a great fight. It was great to watch. And, uh, you know, it was, it was great to see you start off that card in a uh, highlight fashion, man. So again, man, congratulations on the win and we'll be catching up real soon, Dan. And uh, thanks for your time tonight. Thank you. No, thank you for your time. All right. You have a good night. You as well. Bye. Bye. There you go, Dan Walsh. Man, that kid is a fucking stud. A stud. Look, handsome and devil. The, the dude was like, you know, a little redded up. It's, he, he had more damage from his eyes from crying after the fight than he did actually getting hit. Uh, great fight. Uh, great event. I think we're going to be doing a podcast tomorrow with Lars and Travis. We're going to be re recapping the event and, uh, you know, how much fun we had in there. So... Um, we're going to be getting Joe Penifiel on. And for some of you people that don't know Joe, Joe was on the Cage Titans 48 card. And uh, he wasn't loved by the crowd, but he performed and he silenced that crowd, taking, um, winning... Uh, just a real, real marvelous performance against Pat Gilbride, one of Dan Walsh's training partners. Um, man, it was, uh, it was, it, it was, it was great to see this guy come in here and uh, you know battle through that crowd, booing him, and you know wanting to kick his ass, and uh, and uh, he um, he performing like that, and he won a lot of fans over in that Plymouth Memorial Hall just by performing like that. And getting it done in hostile territory. So I'm going to text Joe and see if he's ready to come on. Uh, Joe the party. We're going to learn a little bit about Joe. And uh, talk to him about that night. And uh, find out what's next. Because there was fighters calling him out that night. And uh, he's ready to bang. So with that said, uh, I'm going to see if he's ready. Then I'm going to play his um, post-fight interview. Just a clip of it. When he's calling out fighters in New England. At 125, 130, 140. So let me see if he's ready.
I'll play that while I'm getting in touch with them. Well, I know Mike was uh, whispering in your ear yeah. on the way out of that cage. Uh, I'm sure he would love to have you back. The fans, I don't know, you might be able to win them over down the line, man. Yeah. I, I, is that something that you would consider coming back to fight for the Titans? I love Mike. Uh, I don't know how to say his last name because it's so Italian and cool. It's like Polveri. Polveri. But uh, he's a fucking awesome promoter. One of the best guys I've ever worked with or for. Uh, like I said, to the whole Cage Titans family, from Andy to you yourself and everyone else giving me a little bit of media attention. I love all of you, and I'd be willing to come back. Some guy outside of the cage was talking shit. I think he's a local 135er. If he wants it, he can get it, and I'll be in shape, and uh, I'll come over and I'll give him a shot, whatever he wants. 125, 135, whoever you got, I'll fight anybody. I want the title at 125, and I want to fight whoever you got at 135, because I know no one wants to fight me at flyweight. Yeah, go ahead, brother. I'm good. All right, so take that down. Boo, 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 boo. Joe text. There we are. So, um, I talked about Joe before. I went to his post-fight video there. Uh, talked about calling out some 135ers wanting to fight for the 125-pound title uh, for Cage Titans. Whatever, whatever. He wants at this point because he went in and he silences the crowd. So with no further ado, Joe, the party, Penafiel, man. Did I say your name right? What up, bro? Did I say your name right? It's okay, bro. You can say say however you like, bro. It's Penafiel. It's It's Penafiel. It's many things, bro. I'm a man of many worlds. I'm a a citizen of this planet. One thing I got to say, my partner, my media partner, Travis Lassat, says your name Better than anyone I know, man. He makes it sound yes. sexy, man. Say your name again. Oh, shit. It's Joe Peñafiel. Peñafiel. In Spanish. All right, I'm going to call you. Yeah. I'm going to call you the potty. And with that said, Joe. I'm gonna, I like that. I'm going to pull out my big Miller Lite. <laughs> and hits. <laughs> Here we go, baby. Cheers, so, cheers, <laughs> cheers. Cheers to you, my I friend. Wanna a, I want to give a shout out to, uh, what's it called? True Leave. In Florida, they're uh, one of the best dispensaries we have here in Florida. And maybe one day I can be sponsored by them. You know, you never know. Joe, one thing I love is dispensaries. So you are talking my kind of language here. Um, dude, the party. Let's talk about it, buddy. We, um, You came into town and you silenced the crowd. Well, you didn't silence them because they were making some noise for you, brother. Let's talk about what you did in there and the feeling to come in there and take a win against the undefeated hometown uh, beast. Um, the crowd was so crazy, man. I really, uh, the, oh man, it was amazing, man, for me. Like, uh, it's just amazing. Uh, the, the emotions, the... I don't know. The energy was crazy that night, and I really fed off of it. So, next time, maybe don't be so mean to me. Don't be so loud because I, because I literally after it gets to me, it got so loud that I couldn't hear anything. When I was doing like the ear thing, like that, the Hulk Hogan type of thing, I was like, I swear to you, it got to a point where there was like a screech or like a ringing in my ear. Where I was like, I couldn't hear shit. I just knew that he was coming out next, and I was like, what the hell is going on? Let's rock. <laughs> was, it was fun, man. It was a hell of a night. Uh, I really, uh, I really enjoyed it. 
Well, Joe, we, uh, you know, I met you at uh, the press conference on Thursday. Uh, we had a chat there. Um, really well put out um, weekend or start of the weekend on Thursday by Cage Titans with the press conference having you in. And then the weigh-ins and then the fight night and all that other stuff, man. You talked about fight night and how, you know, they exp- you know the crowd exploding. How was um how was your experience from basically start to finish coming into town and uh, working for Cage Titans? Working for Cage Titans was amazing. It's one of the best experiences I had as a pro. It's probably like it's probably tied with my best experience ever. And the other one was actually in New Jersey. I really enjoyed my time in New Jersey. And then my my second home in Florida uh, instead of Florida is Mississippi. I work with Mississippi uh, all the time. Um, so shout out to Atlas Fights in Mississippi. Um, I'm the current flyweight champion down there. They treat me well. But listen, Cage Titans is top notch. Listen, when I'm talking about, I didn't have to worry about how I was going to get to the airport, how I was going to get to the hotel, how I was going to get food, um, how I was going to get the weigh-ins, who's going to take me to the press conference. These are all things that come out of pocket sometimes. And I really appreciate when a promoter co- goes like out of their way and just gives us that type of respect where it's like, hey, dude, here you go. This is you can go here. We got a driver here for you. This has made it real easy for me uh, to get around and not be stuck in the airport, dehydrated, waiting for hours, trying to figure stuff out in the city that I'm I'm not accustomed to rolling through. So uh, Mike Poveri, he's amazing. The Cage Titans crew, the media, everybody. It was amazing. And the crowd did what they're supposed to do. Supposed to hate me. I'm not from Massachusetts. I'm not a New England guy. And I'm only there to beat your guys up. I'm going to go there every time and I'm a whip fucking ass. So uh, I hope you guys boo me. Uh, I want the best. And, uh, yeah, it was so much fun. But Mike treated me like like a superstar. And he did that with everybody. I'm talking about... Down the line, I talked to every guy from out of state. We were in the sauna together hours before, and they know who I'm talking about. And they told me how good these guys have treated them in the past and present. So I'm definitely coming back whenever they want me. August 28th, Richie Santiago. It's going to be written in stone soon. I'm going to come kick your fucking ass. You have a big, (laughs) ugly head. And we'll see what's up when the cage closes. Joe, did you get a chance to uh, look back in your fight and hear the commentary at all? Um, if so, did you hear, did Richie have anything to say in the commentary that felt like, Hey, I want to, I want to try this, my hands at this guy. I only watched the fight like once or twice, maybe at the most now, and then I'm probably not going to watch it after that because I kind of get sick of hearing myself or watching myself because it gets fucking stupid. Um, but yeah, the, the fight was, uh, I listened a little bit to the commentary. I'm not sure. He, he didn't say anything mean or anything or derogatory, but he's just the next in line. That's the next guy in the way of me trying to get to my goal, which is to be financially free and be able to provide uh, a good substantial living for my family. And I want to do it with this one right here and my other one that's holding the phone. So yeah, <laughs> my left and my right hand are going to do the job and buy me a house. Excellent. Well, before we get back to this matchup, uh, that could be happening on uh, Cage Tones 49. Um, Dude, let's talk a little bit about the fight. I mean, leading up to the fight, uh, you you had a lot of things to say to to Pat. Um, You know, you're playing the game. You're playing the crowd. You're coming here as, uh, you know, the outsider. 
Uh, you're the party, man. I mean, you play, you are this guy no matter where you go. And, uh, man, you were this guy from start to finish, man. Let's talk about the fight and, uh, you know, yeah. the feeling in there. You know, Pat, I think, uh, what was he, 4-0, uh, 3-0? and uh, Dude, you yeah. are, you know, you had about eight fights. Uh, uh, you're very, very well-rounded, fought in a lot of promotions, man. So did you think that had a little bit to uh, edge in um in how you performed in there and how Pat uh, kind of didn't? Yeah, of course. I think whoever Pat fights next is going to be fucking fucked. He's probably going to rape him. He's going to beat the <laughs> shit out of him. I think Pat was uh, a great competitor. Um, but I knew what I was getting into, man. I've been training and, uh, and fighting and doing stuff like this a long time. Since by the, when I was 10 or 12 years old, I was doing co- cross country all throughout Florida and the beach, 5Ks, you know, all types of 10Ks. And then... um grew up wrestling too down here in Florida. So, but Pat's a great guy. I think that, uh, I knew that I was going to get into his head. I really didn't even want to really, it was someone else's idea really. And they were like, just be a dick. You're going to be a dick anyway. Like, (laughs) so I told myself, you know what? They're right. I'm just going to be a total fucking douchebag. Like Rob Pico says, (laughs) shout out to my favorite fan in, uh, in Plymouth, uh, Rob Pico. I love you. And, uh, but yeah, dude, I'm gonna like, yeah, he was a great competitor and I thought getting into his head a little bit was, was going to shake him. Cause a lot of people I've talked to, listen, where I come from in Orlando, Florida fusion, I've trained with Henan Barrow. I've trained with Jose Shorty Torres. Uh, so many guys, Leandro Issa, who he's a one FC guy, Bantamweight, one, like a legend out there. Great jujitsu. I've trained with a lot of good guys. And they all tell me the same shit. I'm weird. I'm funky. I'm, it's 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 a hard style to deal with, and and I know it. And I'm confident. And when I go in there, you're gonna get a hundred percent of me because I'm going out there to to either win or go out on my shield. There's not there's nothing else. Well, uh, Joe, before you you know you came into town and had yeah. this match. I mean, when the matchup was announced. Uh, we knew you from uh, CES and a couple of fights before. I mean, you took on a beast in uh, Damone Blackshear. That kid is no stranger to uh, New England. He's been here. Um, and, uh, you know, he's got a couple of a win or two in Bellator. Um, he's fought some stiff, stiff competition. And you took that guy almost to uh, to the decision, man. You, you grinded yep. and grinded in that fight. And we knew you coming in here was going to be a different animal that uh, Pat ever faced. But Pat needed this fight. I mean, he needed yeah. he needed this fight. And I, I'm sure um, his coaches and, and he appreciates his fight because, like you said, yeah. he's going to learn so much from it and he's going to beat the shit out of whoever next he goes against. So I, I think so. I'd bet on him. So, <laughs> so with that said, Joe, man, you talked about Richie. I know there was a, a lot of – a few – 135 is staring you down when you were coming out, uh, sizing you, sizing you up. Did you make any eye contact or with Richie other than, uh, like how did, how did his name come up with your name to get up to maybe get this matchup going? The dude was drunk at the bar at the tavern on the wharf afterwards with some chick. I guess that was his girlfriend. And he came up to me. I was a little bit fucking tired from the fight. So I was like, fuck it. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be fucking a dick or anything. And he, uh, they were like trying to hype up the next fight. That's why there was a little like uh, story that uh, Cage Titans posted with me and him at the bar. Uh, that was Tavern at the Wharf trying to like be like, "Hey, who are we gonna fight next?" But um, that's how it happened. And I was like, you know what? If he wants it, 
I think right when I got out of the cage, I was looking at him, and he was looking at me because he was in the common. Because I go crazy, bro, and I could smell it, bro. I could smell blood, man. I was like, I know, I didn't even know he was a 35er, but he was looking at me a certain type of way inside the cage. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to walk up to him. I'm like, you need, you want to fight next? Like I, I, like, I don't care. Like, let's do it. It's happened to me all the time at Titan FC fucking, uh, I don't even know that guy. I think his name is Gustavo Ballard. He's a Cuban ex-wrestler. Uh, Real high level, and he fights for one FC. Try to fight me backstage in the locker room. So, a lot of douchebags out there. Hey, hey Joe, he I don't, get, I don't know yeah, why. I mean, you me. bring out the best in people. Why do they want to beat you up? Uh, well, try to. They want Dude, me to be a. They want hey, me to be a martial artist and be nice to them. I guess. But hey, they're trying to kick, trying to kick me in my face. Hey, hey, listen, you know what I Joe, mean? Joe, Joe. I gotta say, yeah. after the after you won the fight, I mean, the crowd wanted like you know, I I thought they should have been like chicken wire up on the. I thought there was going to be cans and cups thrown and stuff. But when you walked out of that cage, Mike Povea was like your armed escort bringing you out. But yeah. no, nobody came close to you because my media table was right no. there. Everybody was 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 calm. And I mean, it's a fight, man. You went a in there. A lot of people complimented me. Yeah. I want to say that. Um, yeah, obviously I came in there and people were booing. And I think a lot of people, when they first see me firing first even lay eyes on me. I, I don't look like much, I feel like. You know what I mean? I have soft features. I'm a small, slender guy. I don't have big muscles. Um, and so people look at me a certain type of way, and then uh, they underestimate me a lot. Ever since I was a little kid, they always have. The bullies always tried to come at me, and then never had a good time. I'm talking about guys that were giants. I'd, I, I end up beating them up. It might take me an hour. But literally, one time I, had, I was stuck in a headlock for like 30 minutes with this bully, big Brazilian kid. I'm, I wonder if he's still around here. He went to Dr. Phillips High School. I don't remember. He, we became like real good buddies. This guy having a headlock in a clubhouse in an apartment complex in Orlando, Florida. He thought he was a badass. He was like three three grades older than me. And then eventually I popped out, threw his ass on top of a glass coffee table. And we had to get escorted out of there by the by the security or like you know the the people that work in the office are like what the fuck are you kids doing up here? <laughs> this is a club so so table. hey the party's been partying for a long time, my man. So yeah, brother, they always come for me. Um. So all right, just to get back to that that matchup, just for a talk couple to, couple of more minutes. Richie, uh, do, do talk you know, to me about Richie. Do you know talk anything me. about Richie? Did you look him up, or is that something that you're gonna you know you got time and uh, you're gonna kind of you know. Soak it in and then uh, then scout him a little bit. Listen, I already saw one fight and that's all I need to see. Maybe I'll check out a couple of his wins, but I saw his last fight and that's all I need to see. There's not much I have to say. He's uh he 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 decided to make this fight, so I don't know why, but he's a walking dead man. Like whatever it is, I'm gonna break him. I know what kind of style he brings. I love the style. I understand it. He's a tough guy. But he's going to break. I'm going to break him. And he doesn't need a break. I'll make him tap or he can go to sleep or whatever, bro. I'll beat you all three rounds. I'll dance on you every round. So awesome. You better get ready for a war. Who knows, man? Maybe I'll come forward. Who knows? Maybe I'll wrestle him. Who knows? I don't know what I'll do. But I know I'll win. And this time, my gas tank's going to be a lot better. This camp was really tough. Anyone in Orlando knows what's up, what happened. And I had a lot of stuff going on, flying around, trying to make money for the kids, teaching wrestling camps. Um, but I was in good enough shape. I knew mentally I'm one of the best guys. So Richie's going to have a tough night. I hope he trains hard. I'm going to train hard. I hope that I get the best version of him. Hopefully he doesn't shit his pants. Um, and yeah, we'll fight. 
And definitely all the Latino people will be with me. Porque yo sé que yo hablo español mejor que ese hijo de puta y soy el más guapo. So, he's never going to fuck with me. All the crowd, everyone. He might have some of the crowd there. I bet you when I get there August 28th, people are going to be rooting for me. So awesome, my man. Uh, like I said, you want, like you said, yeah. and I said, and Mike said yesterday on his own uh, Table Titans podcast, you won over a lot of people in there, and you are a likable guy, man. It sucks that you got to fight eye guys, but uh, that, yeah. man, that 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 pump, that pumps up the fights, man, and it only gets uh, both fighters uh, known, man. A couple more questions before I let you, uh, you know, get back in the house. Uh, you had an anniversary not to uh, maybe a day or two after your wife was there. Your wife is a a, a sweetheart. She takes care yeah. of you, man. Is that is your wife your manager because she uh, makes sure make sure you um you behave a little bit like she there mm-hmm. there is a boundary yeah. there is a boundary on the party and that's only because yeah. only because you have your wife there by your side. Talk a little bit about mm-hmm. her. I want to give her a little props because. Man, of course, thank yeah, you. Yeah, so uh, throw that out there. I know you had an anniversary, and uh, yeah, how special uh, was it for I, you? I really do cherish my wife, man. Uh, she's like the best thing in my life besides the kids and fighting and everything. Um, but yeah, she's been in my in my corner since the beginning. Um, when I first started this thing, uh, I took like a two year hiatus. I was like an undefeated pro. Took a lack, like a last minute fight at 145. It was my first loss, um, and then I took like a two year hiatus. I had my first son, and I really didn't. Uh, I kind of let everybody or, or like the world, everything creep in my ear. My wife was like the one person. I was like, you know, you should you should go grapple or something for fun. You know, you you know, you want to get back in shape. And I was like, you know what, I'll go grapple on Sundays. So, and then I started grappling, and I got back into it. And little by little, man. By the time it was my second pro fight, I didn't have anyone. I didn't have any coaches. I wasn't at a gym. I was just uh, what I would do in Orlando, which is pretty cool. Everyone's cool in Orlando with each other for the most part, and uh, we just go to the best sparring. So Monday there's a certain sparring somewhere. Tuesdays there's a sparring, or so I just go to different places. But my wife was the one that started it all. She told me she called my uh, my uh, my high school wrestling coach, who was a pro fighter, Scott Gomrad, and he. Um, he hooked me up at the jungle with Seth Pedrozelli and Mike Lee, and they started off my career as an amateur. Um, right now, I'm with Julian Williams at the jungle. I mean, at the jungle, at Fusion Excel. <laughs> and uh, my wife does everything. She manages me very well. Um, yeah, I love her a lot. Uh, I can't do anything without her. Like I said, dude, one time I had no – we've been doing this for a long time. Usually, I'll go with her by myself. I don't need a uh, – a trainer, a cut man. I don't need anybody. No sponsors needed. And I live by that because I have a couple friends and family, very small circle. I'm talking about maybe like five, six, ten people, maybe at the most. And these people help me get to trips. These people help me um, get certain jobs that I might need painting or certain jobs I might need uh, doing different handyman things so I can make some extra money. And uh, I really, like I said, I've always uh, stayed on my own path, and I'm going to keep doing that. If there's any companies or any uh, businesses that want to come help me out in the local Central Florida area and want to sponsor a really badass athlete that speaks his mind, come for me. But I'm not going to be looking for that. You know, I'm not going to be selling myself out there. I've tried before, and I see it. I see what they want. They want, like, a UFC tag on you or 
you you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah, you gotta be like, I gotta show my tits or some yeah. shit. I'm like, I'm not for that, bro. Like, I'm I'm the party. I fight hard. I fight anybody, anywhere, anytime. And I love my wife because it's like I said, my my second uh pro win is like my one of my most special moments with her where we were like by herself, drove seven, eight hours, I cut like twenty-two pounds, got to fought a guy that had six fights professionally that I was supposed to lose to on a week's notice. And guess what? He went down. So it was, so I love my wife. Uh, I love you, Tina. Happy anniversary. <laughs> Excellent. My man. Oh, she'll be very proud of uh, listening to all yeah, the great stuff you had to say, but it isn't anything new to her. Um, you're telling her it all Dumb the time. Shirt. And, but uh, last question, my man, you're coming back here. I would say 99%, 9% of the chance, yeah. August 28th, man. Yeah. What do we expect to see from Joe this time? Joe the party coming into Cage Titans 49 into another hostile crowd, which could be half of yours. Who knows by the time that happens? Yeah. yeah um, what you guys should expect? Uh, you guys should expect the best. Listen, I'm going to come better, more prepared, more in shape. It's... Like, I feel like I gave you guys a really great show, but you guys only got to see a certain bit of my style, you know, because I had to kind of play to to Pat's style. Pat's style is difficult to deal with, dude. That guy will toss you on your freaking head, and I had to be careful. I had to grapple a lot, you know what I mean? I had to be smart. He was heavy-handed. He was strong. He was, I think he was probably stronger than me, probably. But, um, yeah, when you, when you see me the next time, I'm going to be in better shape and you're going to get an even better show and you're going to get you're going to see high level MMA, a guy that's been working at this for almost 10, 12 years, 15 years, I don't fucking know. And it's going to be the best show you're going to see. I'm going to try to give you my best. And if anyone else comes from Orlando or from my team, you're going to see the best. I hope we do bring a couple guys out there and we fight a couple of you guys and we really show you guys what um uh, what we have down here also, you know what I mean? And showcase some of our talent, but I, um, I'm looking to do more. You know what I mean? I want to do more. I want to improve on last time. Like I said, I only saw it once or twice. Everyone thought it was a great fight. I thought it was a great fight. Yes. But, um, there's stuff I need to work on. I also got hit. I got kicked walking around. Listen, look at this thing. I got like, I don't know what that is. Like all these map looks burns. Like, looks like you've been you in a I mean? fight, Joe. It looks like you've been in a fight. Hey man, I don't want to get man. <laughs> so yeah, brother, I gotta get better too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the next time you guys see me, it's gonna be uh, a even better version of myself. It's gonna be crazy because my style is crazy. It doesn't mean it's not gonna. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck I'll do. You know what I mean? I'm definitely gonna be doing some cool shit. I have a lot of tricks in the bag. Like I, I have a lot of taekwondo tricks. Uh, uh, paired with my wrestling and my boxing ability and my speed and my uh, my elusiveness and my um, my timing and a couple other things I have and it's my chin too. So Richie, I hope you bring it, brother. I think you only have a couple avenues of the way to win, and it's gonna be a long night for you. Train hard, buddy. I'm gonna be in your fucking nightmares. I hope you fucking uh, you come ready to fight, okay? And uh, yeah, I'm ready to I'm ready to see Plymouth again. I'm so excited, and I really think I'll have more fans there when I come next time. 
I don't know how many people Richie has over there, but like like I said, Latino gang gang. I think all my Latinos in the certain in the New England area come on down. My friends from Rhode Island, CES, all my friends come down and see me, guys. The Gotti boys, come see me, everybody. Uh, my my friends at Henzo Gracie Philly. I got friends over there. Come see me, dog. Uh, if you if you're nearby, come see the party. Um, it's going to be fun, win or lose, but I'm coming out there to die on my shield. I'm the Achilles of this shit. I'm actually the Genghis Khan of this shit, <laughs> and I'm going in to die, motherfucker. I don't, I'm not scared of losing, so let's see what Richie has. Awesome, my man. Well, dude, uh, the build-up to this fight, uh, sound bites, and all that great stuff that goes along with building a matchup and a card. I just can't wait until uh, the announcement starts, Joe. Joe, man, we'll we'll definitely have that have you on the live podcast. We'll do a, a yeah. you know, we'll do a one on one. Maybe I'll have you and yeah. Rich, maybe I could get you and Richie on at the same time. That I would, would love be fucking. That. I, would I mean, love that, wait, but he might cry. Now, Cage Titans might do that themselves, but uh, you know, yeah. you you have an option here as far as uh, coming on with him okay. anytime, All man. Right, bro. Um, I dude, love you, Dominic. Thank yeah. you so much, brother. I appreciate. <laughs> Um, you guys giving me a chance to talk and speak and, and talk my shit. And uh, I just want to shout out again to, to my wife, Tina Cassell, to my kids, Alexi and Romeo. I love them. And to my family and to my friends. Thank you so much for always supporting me. I know everyone always, always a lot of people think I'm a little nutty and things aren't going the right way sometimes. But it's my boat's a little bit crazy, man. It's like, a, you ever been to, um, what's that ride at Disney? You know, the, you know, Space Mountain. Splash. No, I think Splash Mountain. Splash Mountain, the only one in the water. Hey, Joe, they're that's, all that's... Fu- they're all fucking scary in that amusement park. <laughs> yeah, bro. Well, thank you so much, okay? I appreciate you. Massachusetts, New England, everybody. I love you all. Thank you so much. Joe, cheers, my man. Cheers, brother. You take it easy, You man. do. I'll, I'll talk. talk to you later. All right, all right, my man. You have a great night, and thank you so much for coming on and giving me your time, man. No worries, bro. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Have you a have good, a good night. You Hasta too, luego, man. <laughs> later. <laughs> Bye. Awesome. That was fucking awesome. Joe. Joe, you're awesome, man. Um, Great stuff tonight. Great stuff, man. Great interview with Dan Walsh about his first amateur fight and win. Starting off the Cage Titans 48 event. Huge. Blew the roof off the place. The kid is going places. As you heard, he's uh, he's got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, work, job, uh, blah, blah, blah. He'll be back sometime, excuse me, in January. You know, before the Cage Titans. Uh, between that town time, he'll be uh, rolling, getting his jiu-jitsu, keeping that going, and all good stuff. He'll still be training at Lausanne's. It's just not he's getting ready. He's not going to be getting ready for an MMA fight. And as, as you heard, Joe Penafael, which I said wrong. I need Travis to say his name. He will be back August 28th for Cage Titans 49 against Richie Santiago. That fight looks like it's set in stone. Joe is ready for it. Richie's ready for it. Richie talked to me. After the fact, I didn't even know Richie was calling him out cage side. I was in the back interviewing. I thought he was talking about Jay Perrin. But that was an opportunity too. But Jay Perrin has other things on his plate, which he'll be announcing in the near future. Um, so with that said, one last thing I want to throw up here. Chris Motino, he fought Saturday night. He fought Saturday night and he became an instant fucking hero to the world MMA community. That kid is blowing up on social media for losing a fight against Sean O'Malley. But 
He came in on 11 days notice and he hung in there and he just kept firing back against one of the top fucking bantamweights in the, divi the division. Kudos to Chris Motino. I just want to play his little um, video from uh, Dan Cormier meeting Chris Motino after the next morning, I think, after the fight, when Sean O'Malley told everyone at the press conference, uh, Motino's probably in the hospital drinking out of, uh, sipping out of a straw. No, Motino was on his fucking fifth fucking ice cream bar when Dan Cormier ran into him. Most savage son of a bitch I've ever met, man. Congratulations. This guy right here. Good job, buddy. Congratulations and good job with your money. Got paid, huh? With that said, Chris Motino went in there on 11 days notice into UFC 264 on the main card and won fight of the night against a top 10 bantamweight in the UFC. Just think of what Chris is going to do with a proper training camp. He's getting another fight or two in the UFC. The kid is the new Diaz mentality. And he's an instant star. The kid's Instagram account went up at 130 it could be 150,000 by now the kid had literally 1800 followers on his Instagram he's up to 140,000 in 3 to 4 days the kid is a true fucking fighter and he's representing himself his team his management his world his life his family his friends and himself amazingly with that said we fucking out of here. See you next week.